0: Hi, this is Jonathan, and I play the human wizard, Jonathan the
1: Magimuscular. Hi, I'm Jack. I play Trevancore, a half-elf beastmaster ranger.
2: Hi, this is John. I play your half-orc barbarian, Carlton Tanks.
3: Hi, this is Julia. I play the rock gnome cleric, Bernice Q. Burns. And I am Lauren,
4: your humble DM, and welcome to Dungeon Drunks. Distinguished adventurers, last time on Dungeon Drunks... In the second level of the infamous dungeon of the Scarlet Citadel, our heroes have discovered a strange laboratory containing a distillery to extract the essence of oozes. There is more to explore, and a halfling naturalist to find, but the team has paused to examine a few potion bottles they have plundered from a nearby desk, and now Carlton's tongue is turning into an ooze. And that is where we begin tonight. Welcome to Dungeon Drunks. I'm your DM, Lauren. You might know me as Oboe. I have in my lovely D4 mug... I have a whole bunch of very lovely mango juice, which sounds less than exciting, but is delicious and it makes me happy. And after this recording, I have to go do things that require me to not have had alcohol. So I'm just enjoying the glass and enjoying
1: the juice and I am happy. Let me tell you, every time my parents came home from the Indian store, the first question on my mind was, did you get mango juice? Mm. And if they did, it was a good day.
4: There is mango juice at the store that is the low sugar mango juice. So I don't feel like I'm about to uh, explode into a diabetic coma because most of the oh, time yeah. when you get mango juice around here, especially just like Minute Maid, it is just sugar, sugar, sugar. And this is low sugar. And oh, it's so good. And so now I have to ask
1: Travancore, what are you drinking? Good people of favor. Travancore's choice this evening is Franzicana Vice Beer, live tasting, no time to waste down the hatch.
3: I love it. I love it <laughs> Still so much. Dig down the hatch.
1: Nice. That's uh that's a college
0: level, uh three thousand course level uh down the hatch right there.
3: Man, that's that's like that's like winning flip cup down the hatch. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I went to a prestigious August Augustinian college, and Augustine was known for his partying before he took the path to sainthood.
4: I I don't know how to follow that. Jonathan, what are you drinking?
0: Hey, it's Jonathan. I uh, play Jonathan the Metamuscular. And, and tonight, I have, once again, a black box uh, Cabernet Sauvignon. It's the adult juice box, and it's quite good. And then for uh, tonight's shot of Fireball, which will be consumed at a, the first casting of Fireball, or the equivalent spell thereof, is dedicated to some great friends, uh, Diana and Justice. They just Yay! got married. They're Yay! cute as hell. Congrats. And this uh, this Fireball shot is for you, y'all.
4: Mazzle tov. Absolutely. And and. Go check out their adorable wedding pictures if you follow them on Twitter and, and go buy Die Hard Dice because they're, they're wonderful. Carlton, what are you drinking?
2: It's fall, y'all, in case you haven't realized. What? Uh, I'm, <gasps> drinking, I'm drinking hot apple cider. <gasps> nice.
4: Ooh. Oh, I think you actually have the first and only apple cider of October for dungeon drunks.
2: Yeah, and- I have
3: had alcoholic cider, but I don't yeah. think that counts.
2: And I'm drinking it from my Dragon's Lair uh, comics and fantasy mug. So go out there and support your local game stores.
4: Absolutely. From local game stores. I think alcoholic cider counts, but I still think Carlton wins for the, the actual true apple cider. But for alcoholic, for the hot, yeah, you, can't, you don't really want hot alcoholic beer cider. But hey, Bernie, what are you drinking?
3: Once again, ladies and gentlemen, if you follow my medical history, so I guess if you're my doctor and no one else, <laughs> um, probably my mom, I, uh, my back's out and uh, I have a pretty firm no alcohol if you're have, using any form of painkiller, whether it be like prescription or over-the-counter. So I've got God's Ale, but, but not Cheers. to be outdone uh, by Carlton. And to make Travancore happy, I can stand for small amounts of time. So over the course of the past two days, my husband and I slowly made the apple tart from Dessert Person, and I ate that earlier. So Ooh. we bought said apples using my standing time from the farmer's market this weekend. And we made rough pastry by hand. And apple compote from the Farmer's Market apples. And uh, sliced up some apples and made a beautiful, very tasty tart. That is my October apple contribution. And somewhere there's a photo that I've yet to post anywhere. So there we go. But I promise you it's real because these (laughs) fools had to watch me eat it. I am laying on the damn floor right now. (laughs) <laughs>
4: and, and we love you and we and this is your reminder if you are listening to this and you are a fan of ours that we want you to be healthy and happy and it is totally okay if, if you are comfortable laying on the floor playing D&D lay on the floor and play your
3: D&D yeah this is your fantasy doctor telling you to get up from your desk every hour and walk around and to find ways to stretch your back and yep. Demand from your workplace the ergonomic situation that you need and is actually, uh, I think, required by law thanks to the existence of Osha. Don't let your bosses keep you from proper spine health. Oh my god.
4: (laughs) You know who doesn't have any proper spine health? The gelatinous cubes that have been extracted from had their essence extracted in this laboratory that you all are currently in. Like that transition? Now, you don't know
3: that, Lauren, because they could have eaten somebody with a very healthy spine.
4: You know, part of me wants to yes and you, and part of me wants to say, but I am the omniscient DM, and I happen to know that they didn't have any spines to begin with. I'm going to say both. As far as Bernie knows, she actually doesn't know. But you all know that gelatinous cubes don't usually have spines, but maybe it got extracted. Who knows? You'll have to continue to search the Scarlet Citadel for spines. But meanwhile, you are in a room in the Scarlet Citadel that had these tanks with an inert substance that you discovered was the extraction of gelatinous matter, Jonathan and Bernie all four of you kind of worked together to cripple the machine in a way that it can't do a thing anymore, and then also found some, some pretty interesting notes, as well as some pretty interesting vials, one which was a health potion, one which was just some of the distilled essence of these oozes, unsure of what to do with yet, and one which Carlton examined And tested and turned out to be a potion of gelatinous form. And now his tongue is a little bit
2: good. My tongue is a little bit like this right now.
4: And to give you a reminder of the layout of the room, it's not a huge room. It's got these three tanks in it. You've come through a door that had the holes at the top of it and into this room. And the only exit from this room is to your left. There is a little hallway that curves around leading somewhere else. Or you can go back to the initial room you came into with the grating on the floor. There was another door there.
0: What would you like to do, Jonathan the Magic Muscular? Ha <laughs> ha! I can't talk. The Muscular. Jonathan the Muscular. Jonathan, the, the, <laughs> the Magic Muscular.
3: The Magic Muscular. Skeleton? I don't even know my name.
0: Whatever, Jonathan the wi- Buff Wizard.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: motions to m- motions to motion forward.
3: But Bernie's staring at. Carlton's tongue, she's like, um, I, I, I think we should fix this. We, I can,
2: I, I can Wait, fix... we should fix this right back quick. Uh, I how do we, um, um. How much what what
3: I have no. Kazuta.
1: Easy yeah. for you to say.
3: <laughs> we should a hundred percent, Carlton, do you feel like it's spreading?
2: No, I think we've been for to my tongue.
3: Okay, so could you, if you think it's spreading, put a thumb down for bad, because that'd be bad. And if it's not spreading, put a thumb up.
2: Uh, Carlton will put a thumbs up.
3: That's good. That's good. I know that. That's good. That's good. Will you stick your tongue out?
2: Bah Bernie's
3: going to pick up, like, a. I assume somewhere there's, like, a napkin or a piece of gauze. You know Why how. I'm actually you?
2: sticking out my tongue.
3: Oh.
0: Uh, Jonathan the Magic Muscular um, uh, <laughs> snaps forward a, uh, uh, a mage hand. It floats over to Jules, wiggles its little finger.
3: And she says, Good. <laughs> and she, she, she tells it to pick up the gauze. You know how, like, way back in the day, your doctor would take a piece of gauze uh, or your dentist and, like, pull your tongue out and be like, ah, oh, right, let's take a look at this to, like, make sure your mouth health. I don't know if they still do that. People who are doctors or dentists—I can't remember which one did it—but I've had it done to me before.
2: Medical <laughs> professional? <laughs> yeah, medical
3: professionals uh, who have uh, examined tongues. Let us know what that's like. And so she's going to instruct the 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 like the the hand to to like do this, and she's gonna. I like. I guess. I'll, can we? Can I make a medicine check? I no, because that's not what that is. I, I think a medicine check should be one thing and it's always the other. Mostly what I want to do is I want to see what Bernie can look at his tongue and be like, fuck, what can I do for this?
4: Uh, then I think in this case, because you are coming at it from a medical standpoint, give me a medicine check. Jonathan, you can definitely use your mage hand to gently pinch Carlton's tongue and, and gently pull a little bit just so that it's, uh, You can all very clearly see a few things, but what, what's your medicine check?
3: Well, I think it's actually pretty fair that I made a medicine check and it went poorly because in my, I imagine that Arcana is probably what I needed. That was a 10. I rolled a 5. Oh, no. A no. 10 oh, total. Dear. Okay. So, so I'll tell you a, a, a couple of things,
4: actually. Before your medical expertise comes into play, what you all very clearly see is uh, Carlton's tongue has taken on a translucent green cast to it it is almost as though you can see through it it is a lime green it's a very bright green okay it seems to he grabbed a little bit out of the potion bottle and did like a little bit on the tip of his tongue and so you can clearly see that the tip of his tongue back is where this has affected the most and there's a gradient from about halfway through his tongue back towards his throat in where it transitions back into a normal humanoid tongue. So that's what you all can very clearly see. You can also kind of, if you get close enough, you can smell that weird metallic acidic smell that comes yeah. along with gelatinous cubes. Just a little bit. Uh, you know, it's, it's gelatinous halitosis. Bernie Yes, your role is not amazing, but you are a medical professional. You do, with your role, notice one other thing. You can very clearly see it is slowly going away. That demarcation mark where the transition point between healthy pink and lime green is, is moving slowly down his tongue and the regular... Flesh is returning. You think it's going to take a couple minutes?
3: Okay. So Bernie, Bernie doesn't actually voice any of this out loud. She goes, "Hmm," and then she she kind of looks at the 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 Bigby's hand. She goes, "Okay."
2: Wait, I'm getting Bigby's hand.
3: (laughs) Wait, sorry. What is the hand called? It's the hand, right? Mage hand. Mage Mage hand. 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 Sorry, mage hand. Bigby's hand. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I was like, wait, that's wrong. She looks at the mage hand and she goes, "Okay." She goes, "Carlton, I I need you to stick your tongue out pretty far." and, and she says she looks at me and she goes, okay, poke, poke it now. Poke, poke. What, what does it do? Does it, is it like, does it jiggle?
2: Is it like putting a finger in a jello?
3: She's like, hold her still, Carlton.
2: <laughs> I'll hold Oh still. Give me a perception check.
3: <laughs> okay. I'll
1: let
4: any of the three of you give me a perception check, actually. Sure. So let me give it a shot.
1: I got a, roll, a I, can't see my own
3: I got a plus five. I just don't know if the roll's good. I got be a plus cre- nine. All right. That, that works
1: for me. Oh, well, that didn't help me very much. Oh, no. <laughs> I, saw, I saw it come through. Uh, I, Jonathan the Magimuscular gets a 15.
3: Wait, do we all get to do it? Sure. Yeah, give, give, the three of you can give me a
1: roll. And then Core got an 11 because he was busy supposedly taking notes but really just drawing jonathan's magic muscular as a moose 15 buds
3: yeah i also got a 15 what does a 15 tell us does it look like john (laughs) yeah Travancore,
4: you're distracted by the idea of uh jonathan casting polymorph and making himself the most dangerous of creatures that can be found in the north a moose Uh jonathan and bernie so jonathan because you are actively doing the mage hand and bernie because you are actively being a medical professional the two of you have slightly keener eyes on what is going on there is the tiniest of wobble it's tiny though it's it's less wobble and more destabilization but it is very slowly going away
3: bernie says okay so i've got some good news and some bad news the good is have it to me straight Doc. Well, the good news is is that it's going away, and it might be gone in a couple minutes. The bad news is that your breath smells, like, really, really, really bad. And I am really unsure about the long-term breath effects.
2: Like, less than normal?
3: This is medically bad, Carlton.
2: I've had worse.
3: No, as your doctor, I can confirm that in the time I've known you, that's not true. But, you know, I- a. <laughs>
2: I used to live with wolves.
3: And I I wonder if you know that, in fact, a lot of our modern dental issues are tied to a consumption of grains and sugars. You know, that's another, that's a long-term conversation about hominoid evolution that we don't really have time for since we only got about 45 minutes left to play.
2: (laughs) Wait, am I going to die in 45 minutes?
1: We got 45 minutes to save the world. Traffic horse says, "Hominoid, the very name is racist. <laughs> it's a deep cut, Star Trek."
4: Oh, okay. Oh, I, I was having a moment. I was, I was doing, no, 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 doing <laughs> Wait, grammatical Jack, analysis. Doing a deep cut.
1: No, no, stop. I know. Stop the freaking <laughs> presses, right? No, never.
3: But all that is to say, I think if you are okay having a gelatinous tongue or the next. Six and a half minutes to 14 days. I think we can just go ahead and move through it.
1: I love that the range is upwards to a fortnight.
3: Carlton,
4: roll a constitution check. Uh,
2: That'll be a 23.
4: Your tongue will remain gelatinous and affecting a bit of your speech for the next five minutes.
2: <sighs> Got it, five minutes.
4: Five minutes in-game and in real life. So five minutes from now, you can stop talking like you your tongue is having a problem.
2: Guy, alpha timer.
3: This okay. is good. When it happens, Bernie's going to say, look, it's miraculous. You healed faster than anyone I've ever seen with this condition before.
1: <laughs> Wait, you, you've seen this condition before? <laughs> you also in one who thought he saw a pussycat.
4: I gotta tell you about some voiceover stuff I was doing earlier today that I have I, I turned into Elma Fudd by accident. <laughs> the good news is this experimenting and this taste testing of these vials did give you more than just a slightly numb tongue for a few minutes. Dum-tung. You <laughs> do now know that this other potion that you got is a, a potion of what was it gelatinous? I already forgot what was it. A potion of gelatinous form. Yeah, and you know. Since you tested it out, although you don't have all of the details, Jonathan could find out more, but you do know that if you were to drink the whole thing, you would be transformed into a puddle of ooze, and that it would give you some advantages and some disadvantages. But we've
1: gonna know.
2: <laughs> ooze would know. Ooze would know.
1: You are truly in the Brotherhood of Dads, you could say. <laughs> yeah,
4: exactly. And that if you, if you chose to drink it, that you should, you were either stuck that way for an hour, or you'd have to make a successful constitution saving throw to break out of it.
2: Now, Carlton's going to save it for when the fuckery is at max, right? Like, when can he maximize the fuckery with this? That's when he's going to drink the full potion. <laughs> <laughs> he has wait, he's on death door and needs to escape real quick. But like, when it's the most inconvenient for the rest of the party is when he's probably going to drink it.
3: Chaos. Yeah, that sounds about right. That sounds about right.
2: Oh, we're just hanging out at
1: the at the tavern. Glug glug glug. Floosh. Just imagining this like chart that's looks like it's badly drawn by a child with the R in the reverse.
3: And then Bernie's going to put you in a fucking bucket and stick you in the ice box as your punishment. <laughs>
4: And then you will impossible. be at a gelatinous cube. That's how they're made. Yeah. Okay. Is there anything else you'd like to do in this room? Or would you like to backtrack and go through the door? Or would you like to go down the hallway?
2: Hallway.
3: I guess we go down the hallway. And Bernie's going to, as we go down the hallway, she wants to ask uh, Jonathan for his um, professional opinion on the health potion. And she's like, so, well, we just have some gelatinous goo, goose, and we have a potion that turns you gelatinous, but the other potion is a health potion. Did, did they, is, do you think they had that on hand as, you know, as a just in case for experimentation? Or do you think they were also trying to distill a health potion from the gelatinous q? Can you, can you do that? Is that possible?
0: Jonathan the Magimuscular, while not being an alchemist, will will probe his mind and try to think back to his uh, his potions classes back in school and see if, like, if he can connect the dots and if, if that's even possible.
4: I will let you roll an arcana check, but at disadvantage, because you are not an alchemist,
0: and school was a long time ago. Also, I was drunk a lot then, let's be honest. Despite the disadvantage and the hazy, <laughs> alcohol-laden school days literally school days. Uh, Jonathan the muscular gets an 18. Ooh, nice.
4: Not bad. You cannot imagine a way that someone could distill a health potion of any sort from a gelatinous cube. You can't be 100% because you are not an alchemist, but you're pretty darn sure. You know that there's a bunch of different ways you can make health potions. You're all also familiar with potions of healing that come in cupcake form and a variety of other forms, but Actually getting one from a gelatinous form, especially one that is uh, meant to cause harm, would be practically impossible. But that thought process does lead you to another interesting conclusion, which is, oh, yeah, this room is filled with a bunch of acidic stuff. Probably be a good idea if you're playing around with it to have some healing on hand.
0: Since they probably they may not have had a cleric. So, yeah. John of the Mad Musculars, I think, you're, I think you're on the right path with they, it was for anti Oo's more general health.
3: Oh, so it was a first aid kit issue.
2: Good exactly. news, everybody. My tongue feels normal again. Hey! <laughs> did you put Carlton. on a fucking timer? I did! I did put on a fucking timer. I love it. Carlton,
3: this is yeah. amazing. This is miraculous. This is faster than I've ever seen anyone with this condition heal before.
2: You've seen people with this condition?
3: No.
4: <laughs> and so it is the fastest.
1: And then core clicks only says, a new record.
4: <laughs> ah, nice. I look forward to hearing about the next record. It is at this point, you exit the hallway. Not because it's been a long hallway, but because you've paused multiple times to have these conversations, which is how I'm going to explain it. <laughs> so the hallway that you've gone down curves around and wasn't terribly long, but then enters into a room that is quite a bit bigger than anything that you have seen. It is easily 70, 80 feet wide and about 100 feet long. It's fairly sparse. There's not a lot in here, but what is in here dominates the center of the room. An immense construction of uh, just gears and levers and containers fills the center of this chamber. It's... Kind of a mixture of a foundry, an alchemical laboratory, a mill, and about a dozen other arcane instruments that some of you recognize and some of you have no idea about. Jonathan, even with your extensive arcane knowledge, there are bits and pieces here that you're sure are not alchemical, but you are also not sure what they are. Its center glows with an immense heat. You can see it radiating off in waves, and you can feel it hit you like you've walked into a bakery, and the the ambient temperature in the room has risen. The rest of the room isn't hugely warm. It's not like you've walked into a blast furnace, but you you can definitely feel the heat coming off of this thing. And the outer surface of it is completely covered. Gauges, dials, spigots, knife switches, levers, buttons, you name it. There is a thing to press, push, pull, activate, unactivate, or whatever. But at the moment, it does seem to be inert. As in, it's not actively humming, whirring, or doing anything. Other than that, there is a hallway that leads from the, the left-hand wall, and there's nothing else.
3: What would you like to do? Ooh, I want to poke it, but I know that's probably dumb.
0: Well, Jonathan, the Metromuscular kind of wants to poke it, uh, with his arcane mind rather than a physical finger. Okay. Want to identify it?
3: I want to figure. Bernie wants to use her like tinker, her tinker skills from being a whatever the fuck gnome.
0: <laughs> do, 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 you do, are do, a rock do. gnome. Yeah. You, do rock
1: you gnome. have? <laughs> yes.
3: What kind of? Okay. What's the so- thing I used last time, Lauren? I.
1: <laughs> but it wasn't a rock.
3: Hold Gosh, on, Josh, Lauren. Why don't you know my
4: character better than I do? You know, sometimes here we go. I will be kind to you because you're on the floor. <laughs> because most of the time, my answer to this would be, "Well, I'll I'll wait while you look it up on your character sheet." But give I'm me a look- second.
3: I'm actually looking at my character sheet right now.
4: <laughs> so you have proficiency with tinkerer's tools because you are a rock gnome, and you are prof- so you're proficient with tinkerer's tools and can use them to construct tiny clockwork devices. You add twice your proficiency bonus to history checks related to magic items, alchemical objects, or technological devices. That's the and, one. And so that's there's a uh, skill on your character sheet at the bottom under survival that has been added. That's literally magic items, alchemical objects, or technology. So so you can do that check if you want. And Jonathan, so Jonathan wants to identify, are you actually casting it or are you spending the time to ritually cast it?
0: Uh, I don't think I even... I have it in my spell book so I can cast it as a ritual. I don't think I have it prepped for actual casting. So I think I have to cast it as a ritual. Okay. If I'm going to cast it.
4: Okay, so Jonathan is going to approach and start to cast Identify on this machine. Bernie is going to approach. And what is it that you were... Would, what would you specifically like to do?
3: Well, I feel like... If it's a history check related to the item, and I'm not sure what the item is, once he knows what it is, I can do a history check. Okay. To, like, it- supplement, he can, like, identify it, but I can, like, supplement what we know.
4: That seems incredibly reasonable. Okay, so you're going to hang back for these ten minutes and kind of wait for that answer. Carlton and Travancore, what would you like to do?
2: Uh, uh, Carlton's art's poking his tongue. Just to get a feel that it's real again.
3: It is real and back to normal. Can do a quick medicine check to make sure Carlton's breath's back to
1: normal? Travancore, thinking to to the person we're trying to find, uh, I don't know if we brought anything of Ichabod tea strainers with us when we left or not, but uh, maybe I'll just ask Shadow to see if he smells anything that vaguely reminds him of anything he smelled in that room. Good call. I'm not sure how that would do. That's a very good call.
4: You know what? I think Travancore would have been smart enough to have thought to bring something of Ichabod's. From The room, there was plenty of, of innocuous stuff there that would have had his scent, so yeah. Go ahead and have Shadow give me a perception check with advantage.
1: Ooh, keen smell, gotta add the bonus. Let's see,
3: make sure that's not copyrighted. No, I'm just kidding.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, patent pending and crit fishing. Oh no, good thing I have advantage, not so good. All right, Uh-oh. so that's gonna be a 16.
4: Okay, that's not bad. Shadow, as, as Jonathan is doing his casting ritually near this furnace. I'm sorry,
1: 17. I, I, could, I failed to the math there.
4: Oh, math failures. It's okay. As Jonathan is finishing his ritual casting, Shadow kind of lazily circles the room, sniffing around. Travancore, it's obvious with your connection to Shadow. He doesn't smell a strong smell of Ichabon in here. He does pick up a little bit but it's vague and indistinct. Like, maybe Ichabon was in here for a moment, or came through here, but it was quick. He does start to pick up the scent stronger at the hallway, and you can also tell from the way that he's sniffing the air instead of the ground that this isn't that he is following footsteps. This isn't he's following a path. He thinks he's picked up Ichabon somewhere close enough to start to smell him with his incredible sense, but not immediately here. Like, he's basically kind of wandered over to the hallway leading off to your left from where you've entered the room. And this takes him a little while because it's obvious the the scent that he's looking for is very faint and washed out. In that time, Jonathan, you've... Cast Identify on this strange mechanical object. Remind me again, what does Identify actually
0: give you? Oh, God.
4: It's been a while since I've read the spell. It's a
0: doorknob. <laughs> I, it might, I might give me that. Hang on.
3: I, want well, to, I just want to make sure I, I get this correct. I think like what it is in its school of magic, if any.
0: Uh, all right. You choose one object that you must touch throughout the casting of the spell. So I've been doing, if you've seen Dune, when uh, Dr. Yue is examining... Paul mm-hmm. he's kind of handling him that entire time. Yeah. And I think I've been I think, think that's how this works. So Jonathan the myomuscular has been doing this to the the object. So for
3: those of you at home who haven't seen Dune and who don't watch us on the video we don't release. <laughs> what Jonathan is doing is he's kind of mimicking how someone would really with a very feather light touch almost like run their hands. It looks like he's running his hands over a basketball that doesn't exist. Mm.
0: And if it is a magic item or some other magic imbued object, you learn its properties and how to use them, whether it requires attunement to use and how many charges it has. If any, you learn whether any spells are affecting the item and what they are. If the item was created by a spell, you learn which spell created it. Oh, and on, as a side note, if I touch a creature instead throughout the casting, so uh, then you learn what spells, if any, are currently affecting it.
4: Okay. Here's what you learn. It is definitely not a magical item. There's no magic coming off of it from a school that you can identify. It is not a creature. It has no charges. It does not require a tomb it is not a magic item. The one thing you get, is, so you, you kind of get a lot of nope out of your investigation, out of your identify. It's not that this machine doesn't have some magical residue in it, but you feel like from your identify, this furnace is not magical. What it either has encountered, includes, has in it, has produced, you're not sure, Maybe might be magical in some way, but you you don't get anything identifiable off of that. In fact, it's it's almost confusing because of all of the implements that are alchemical and magical, or that are things that a an artificer would use. Mm-hmm. But none of them are actually magical in of themselves. The other thing I need for you to give me is a
3: dexterity saving throw. Oh dear, because you touched it.
1: Touched it a a lot.
3: Would he have disadvantaged on that saving throw if Bernie had been making noises like a dead child
2: the whole time?
4: Maybe, (laughs) but I'm going to say that his expertise in Arcana would have canceled that out.
2: He was so focused on the identify, he didn't hear the Bernie uh, child noises.
0: I'm lucky.
2: Oh,
4: you're burning
0: You are lucky. 16.
4: We here at Dungeon Drunks are huge fans of Idle Champions of the Forgotten Realms. It's a Dungeons & Dragons strategy video game that brings together D&D characters from novels, adventures, and multiple live streams into one single grand adventure. It is so much fun to put together a formation that includes champions from our favorite D&D streams, books, and Faerun's lore. Every week there's something new happening, and the game is available on almost any platform. Need some loot to gear up your champions? We're happy to offer a free Electrum chest to all of our listeners. This week's code expires on November 21st at 8pm Pacific, so open up the game, go to the shop, and type in this code. A-U-R-A-B-O-Y-F-V-E-N-A So use that code and let us know on Twitter or Instagram what goodies you got. And now, enough of the loot drops, back to the show. Uh, 16. Go ahead and roll a d4 for me.
2: Oh, God. I don't like it. I kind of like it? You would. One.
1: I would like it if you stayed here forever.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Jonathan,
4: at the very last minute, as you are touching in uh, various light ways, everywhere where you think there isn't, a gear, a lever, a knob, anything. You're not trying to move anything. You're smart enough to know that's probably a bad idea. But there's a couple of places that don't seem to be activation points. And when you touch them, you hear clicks and whirs. And suddenly the magnetic flux inhibitor goes off. I need everybody in the room to make a constitution saving throw. Oh,
2: Oh, dear God. Deary me! Oh no! Oh no! <laughs>
4: Why is there? That- oh, oh no! All
2: I'm oh, so is good! Oh no!
4: from everybody! Oh no! Oh no! Oh no! No! It, no! 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 It, I, I, I feel don't like know. I'm in
1: a TikTok all of a sudden. Point three. Yeah. Good thing Shadow has advantage on these.
4: Okay. So. Uh, I didn't. I didn't roll that high, so that's good. Okay. Jonathan.
1: <laughs> Sixteen.
4: That is a pass.
0: Uh, yay! Burn. Fifteen.
4: That is barely a pass that is it was a (laughs) dc DC. 15 15 (laughs) constitution saving throw you are you are just barely able to resist this carlton
2: so with my plus 11 con Uh i got a 12
4: Oh,
1: oh no, Carlton, no. You're too busy
4: poking your tongue. <laughs> oh. In fact, <laughs> what's going on? In fact, it I'm gonna come sense. back to you in a second because this is even better. Travencore,
1: <laughs>
4: ten. Ah, oh, Travencore. I'm sorry, that's a failure. Uh, and Shadow.
1: <laughs> Shadow rolled a natural twenty. Oh. oh.
4: Hey. All right. So I'm gonna say Shadow takes zero damage.
1: I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna blow the fireball shot for this.
4: In fact, here's here's how I'm gonna explain all of this. So Shadow's gonna take zero. Those of you who succeeded are going to take half. Carlton and Travancore are going to take full of this damage, and I'll get to that in just a second. The reason Shadow takes none is he is so intent on sniffing the air that when the furnace belches out toxic gas, he can almost preternaturally sense it happens, and because he is at the doorway to the hallway is able to move quickly down the hallway just far enough to be out of its range. So that's how I'm explaining his natural 20. He takes no damage. Jonathan and Bernie, you see it happening. Jonathan, you even kind of realize, oh, whoopsie, I activated something. And so you're, you managed to be prepared for this. Travancore, I'm going to say you get distracted watching Shadow suddenly Gallop a little bit down the hallway, you're like, oh, why do you move that fast? Uh, I don't know what's going on. And so you're overcome a little bit by this toxic gas. Carlton, the reason you fail is you're still poking your tongue and your mouth is wide open. <laughs> oh,
0: <Yo>, no.
4: <laughs> uh, those of you who Aww. fail take 14 poison damage. Those of you who succeeded take half. Oh, not, I, I've had worse. How
1: much of the damage did I'm sorry?
4: Uh, 14 if you failed, half if you succeed. Okay. Get it. <clears throat> And I'm going to say all of you see as from various places on this massive machine you watch this toxic gas spill out it's this orangish awful gas and it lingers on the ground it it kind of settles all around in this room in a in a radius around this machine it's not dissipating as fast as any of you would like.
3: <laughs> all right. What? Time to go. <laughs> what did you do? What did you touch? I what don't what know. Let's go. <laughs> I thought <clears throat> that. Let's go. This is definitely worse than your breath, Carlton.
2: Not anymore.
4: <clears throat> are you leaving the room or are you staying in the room?
0: Leaving the room. Leaving, <laughs> leaving okay. the room. I, how
3: Look. would you,
4: uh, what direction would you like to go?
1: Among all oh, shadow. shadow. Yeah.
4: Okay. You do all of that and quickly follow Shadow down the hallway and manage to get out of the room. When you look back, you can see that this orangish gas has still settled on the floor. And Bernie and Jonathan, I'll say, both because you managed to resist it and because of your your various skills, you can tell that's going to linger for like a minute. You're not going to want to go back in there. Do you want to
3: wait it out or do you want to continue down the hallway? What was the thing? What was the machine? Jonathan could identify know it. Ar- he just couldn't say if it was magic. Like if it's magic, he doesn't get many details. But he is able to identify it, right?
0: No, it only if it's magical. It, it's got to have some kind of magic in it. It's like
4: yeah. So I will say, Bernie, if you would still, if you would like to take a moment in the hallway as Jonathan kind of explains. The almost nothing he got off of the Identify, which in a way can be information, I'll still let you do, you were looking to do a a Tinkerer's check, kind of a history check on this thing? Yeah,
3: I get, yeah, I think that would be good, just so we know. I think this sort of, like, we're going to be collecting information about who's in here, basically. Mm. And I think this will tell us their goals, their dreams. Maybe. Yeah, Artificial's Lore bonus history check related to either magical, alchemical, or technological devices. So yeah, go ahead and give, give me that roll.
4: 28. It's more actual history than anything else. I'll give you two things. One, looking at it from the alchemical training that you've, you've had, even though you're not an alchemist, you've, you've got this innate training that you've been given, it's a hodgepodge machine. It's almost impossible in the time that you were there to figure out what it does, but you can tell whatever it does is either immensely complicated or this machine is so poorly put together it's impossible to tell from a glance. And then you can also remember some of the history of this place. While you can't discern what this instrument does, the fact that it was here for as long as it was Still functional, whether it meant to do what it did or not, it's still functional and is obviously being examined in some way because you did notice this room that it's in is clean of anything else. There's there wasn't any other like most of the places that you've been in so far in the Citadel have been cluttered with debris and dirt and bodies and just the the normal trappings of a dungeon. The, these two rooms that you've been in, and especially that furnace room, were as clean as one could make a place like that. And so you, you have no idea what that machine can do or is supposed to do, but you think that might be one of the things the person who's here is trying to
3: figure out. Hmm. Bernie's gonna look at the group and as they cough out the poison. And she said, um, my great-aunt Mildred, who I guess technically was like a third or a fourth cousin twice removed, but this is neither here nor there. So she used to build things that did stuff. One of them was a machine that was supposed to knit custom sweaters for cats, but it ended up making them the size of a horse. You sort of get my drift. I never really could identify anything about what she made that actually did anything. And I sort of have a suspicion that whatever that machine intends to do, what it actually does is about 46 degrees to the southeast.
0: Uh, And that's the direction that Shadow is going? Well,
3: uh, mostly... (laughs) uh, (laughs) 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 That was sort of a metaphor. Uh, I like uh, that.
4: I like that, though
3: loves it very much or at least is invested in it working, I don't know that they know what it does.
0: Maybe that's what uh maybe that's what our boy was was uh napped to do. He got stuck he got put in the kidnap sack and by someone who wants to figure that out.
3: Yeah, I don't know, but like isn't he an herbalist? Isn't what doesn't he collect isn't his job collecting spell components? He's not an artificer, is he?
0: He is an alchemist.
3: He's an alchemist.
0: And when when Wicket, when we did talk to Wicket, the the dark, tall, the tall human in the dark robed, uh, said she needed a brilliant alchemist because they were interested in some device, and I think this is the device. So, well, uh, then maybe I think,
3: they don't know. Do you think? I don't they think have they
0: an do. Idea? And I, yeah, I think they they found all of this. And were like, the fuck? And then heard or lured Ichabon here with the, with the intent of, uh, of nabbing him for this.
3: Well, that does sort of up the chances that he's still alive if he's smart enough to convince them that it's worth keeping him around to work on this. But I have a rather sinking suspicion that a kindred spirit to Aunt Mildred built this thing. And no matter how much work is put into it, I don't know if it's ever going to do. It looks kind of well, hodgepodge, right?
0: Well, let's let's uh let's follow Shadow here because he's he seems like he's got some sort of soft target lock on our quarry, at least the quarry that we know the name of, and we'll either find uh, an live Ichabon or. Uh, a dead one that we can put in the uh, the sack for easy easy carrying. I
3: let's hope for a living one.
1: That would yeah. I hope yeah. for a
0: living one too. Jonathan the Magimuscular muscular once uh, is eager to hear his tale. So we we're gonna I guess we're gonna Jonathan the Magimuscular muscular is gonna go up to Shadow and say, "Oh yes, you're a good boy. You're a good boy." He's <laughs> like scratching him under. Yeah, can you smell something. You smell something, boy. <laughs> oh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. You you got that. All right, go. A little soft pat on the butt. <laughs> All right. And I say soft pat on the butt as if he's, like, a corgi. Like, Jonathan the Muscular has to, like, stand up and, like, lead around to get to his rump. Exactly. Yeah.
4: All right. So the bunch of you follow Shadow down this corridor, which winds around. And you can see that this this corridor that you're following, it originally should have branched out into a couple different directions. There seems to be... Uh, At one point, an archway that was supposed to lead off in one direction, but it is completely blocked off by rubble. There is another place where there is a door that leads somewhere, but when you open the door, it is a bricked-up wall. But eventually, it comes around and up a few stairs, and ahead of you, you see some light of another large room. And Shadow picks up the pace as he approaches this room goes up the stairs
0: what do you smell boy what do you smell
4: (laughs) and with that snort brings you on into this room which is the largest of the chambers that you have seen so far and there's a couple of features about it that are actually a little familiar you do notice three large metal vats that are dominating the center of this huge room They're emitting burps of gas and splashes of foul-smelling but fairly familiar thick green liquid. Slime is dripping off the side or squirting from cracked hoses that have all been patched with rags and resin. Occasionally a shudder runs through the entire assembly in a very concerning way. You can actually feel it through the the stone floor beneath you. There's a bunch of work tables all around these vats that are covered in beakers and vials, Bunsen burners, there's bowls of powder, there's bottles of liquid, there's grinders, gloves, inks and quills and paper. And very quickly, you see all of the accoutrements of somebody who is crafting and studying all at the same time. And your very brief investigation in your identify and the discussion you have. You feel like some of this investigation is probably going on in that furnace room, but knowing that it could belch toxic gas at any moment is probably why you didn't see any of the accoutrements of study. But it's all here. It is everywhere. There's two different nooks in the further sections of this room. On the one wall, you see a reading area with a chair and a lamp there's a shelf of books and scrolls and uh, what looks like a little cot. And there's a similar nook on the left wall that has another cot and what looks like some simple cooking equipment that you would expect to see if you are out camping somewhere. And there's two figures in this room. The left side, where the cooking and the bed are, you see a very familiar halfling naturalist. Scraggly, a little worse for wear, but not injured as far as you can tell from this distance. He is sitting on the bed looking a strange mixture of bored and annoyed and yet also there's a tinge of fear. And then he looks over at all of you as you enter and his face brightens a little bit. He looks like he's still wearing his traveling gear, and uh, he notices Jonathan
0: motioning to his lips to Yeah, Jonathan muscular does a, does a shh, Which would
1: be- Does a shush.
0: Oh. Why don't I describe this as a fucking radio show? I put my hand, my finger to my lips and make a shushing noise, so he doesn't- hopefully it doesn't make a sound.
4: Uh, unfortunately- Shadow has already been
0: oh, and
4: right. entered the room along with all of you, and so the other figure Count has a also. Now little bastard.
3: Remember, <laughs> we did not cast pass without a trace. Your shushing sound is admirable. It is noted, <laughs> and unfortunately, so are all of us.
0: <laughs> and entirely ineffective.
4: It's it's appreciated, especially by the second figure in the room, who is over by. The reading nook, as it were, standing up from the chair that's there, kind of this, it's the kind of chair you would find on the side of the road that wasn't even appropriate for garage sale. It was probably a very nice chair at one point, but someone dragged it down here because it had cushions, maybe, back in the day. She stands up to her full, imposing height, closing a book is a fairly tall woman, a human, with long black hair tied back into a very simple ponytail, wearing what looks like long, simple black robes, but more of the wizarding than cultish variety. She has thick boots on, and despite the fact that she was holding a book, she has thick rubber gloves that look pitted and well-worn, that cover both hands all the way up to her elbow, and on her head is a pair of goggles like you would expect someone who is welding or dealing with dangerous materials. And she stands up looking at all of you with a fairly confused kind of glance and says, well, you weren't even going to knock, you're just going to walk on in. All right. Well, what can I do for you? Do you know my Aunt Mildred? <laughs> and that's where we're going to pause. <laughs> and the next time we get together, you will be able to chat with this woman and the uh, currently captured Ichabon tea strainer and examine this room and go forward as you have found, but not yet freed, the Halfling Naturalist. But let me give you some yeah. experience. <laughs> for, her, for Jonathan the Magi Muscular. Um, for killer? for both Carlton and John having a, an accurate timer of how long your tongue was going to be oh, and some really fun and intelligent checks and investigation of a a furnace uh, that I, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna I'm not gonna tell you anything about it but I am gonna say I do have a whole table here of some of the things you could have touched and I will say. You know, you could have touched the crystalline transfer pump, or maybe the vibratory wave viewer, or the uh, reflective stress overdrive, you know, but maybe getting out of the room very quickly with the toxic gas was a good idea. For all of that, I'm going to give you a total of 12,200 experience to split between the four of you, and the next time we get together, time to rescue a halfling naturalist. We appreciate all of our patrons and extend a special thanks to our top-tier patrons. Thank you, Megan, Lori, aka Calamity Jane, Sir Narvi and Sailor Tweak, John Oddy, Linnea Boyev, Rebecca, aka Bunny Monster, and Hunted Shadows LLC.